welcome to the Infinity Bros podcast, the only podcast that is perfectly balanced as all things should be. My name is Isaac Edlin. I'm your host tonight, and I am joined by one other fellow Infinity Bro. It is Jared Curtis. How you doing, Jared? I'm doing great. I was promised that Zane would be here, um, but to my surprise, he was not. So uh, please, as you're listening to this podcast, stop what you're doing. Uh, go bully him and say, get on an episode with Jared because I miss his sweet and sultry voice. But Isaac, I'm glad to be with you tonight. I am glad to be with you as well, Jared. We do miss Zane. Um, it's been it's been a hot minute since we've had him, uh, his sult- sweet and sultry voice on the podcast, like you said. But uh, we're going to get him on soon. And you might be seeing him quite a bit on Twitch this month because it's spoopy month. It is currently October 1st as we are recording this. And uh, we're going to be planning a lot of spooky streams. Friday the 13th, Dead by Daylight. Uh, possibly some other. Uh, Zane and I usually get together a spooky stream or two um, from the Dark Pictures anthology. I think the one this year is dropping in November, however. So I think we got to wait a little bit longer for that this year. But uh, but yeah, we might get might get a spooky stream going. Um, Check so us out on Twitch because me and Zane have dropped... This is like three weeks in a row that him and I have done a stream together. Yeah, yeah. So he's like, he's kind of killing it on Twitch right now. Yeah, he is. If you want to talk to Zane or uh, see him or hear him, Twitch is the place to go. But you can also check out the Infinity Bros on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube as well. Um, or you can check out theinfinitybros.com for all your Infinity Bros needs. Jarrett, we are here to talk about some big projects that we've actually not reviewed at all on the Infinity Rose podcast yet. Which is wild, but yeah. Yeah, this, it is wild because one of these has been going on for like over a month now. Yeah, I think yeah, over it's gotta a month. Be. And uh, that is Rings of Power, um, the Lord of the Rings series by Amazon Prime or Prime Video. The little known IP Lord of the Rings produced <laughs> little by known, yeah, exactly. indie company Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> indie company that we have it covered. <laughs> yep, yep, exactly. Um, and then the second one is uh, Star Wars Andor, which uh, just dropped on Disney Plus last week. I uh, got another episode this week. So we're going to be catching up on both of those big shows. Um, we are not catching up on She-Hulk because Jarrett sadly has uh, not um, listened to or watched any of She-Hulk yet. Are you are you going to like wait until it's just all out so you can binge it all? Is that what your plan is or <laughs> you want to know what my plan is? My plan is there is no plan. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't know what it is, man. I've just I, I haven't had the desire to watch TV at all. Uh, which is a shame because, man, if I if I had realized how good Rings of Power was and we'll talk more about this in a minute, I would have been like bated breath waiting for that to, every week. But no, nah, I just I haven't watched anything. Uh, I haven't watched the new Game of Thrones. What is it? House of the Dragon. Um, I haven't watched any Rick and Morty. I just I don't watch TV anymore. I don't know mm-hmm. what's happened to me. <laughs> well, like like you said in our uh, Patreon exclusive portion of the podcast, if you want to uh, hear Jared's thoughts on uh, several properties, including MTG's latest uh, secret layer drops and announcements, all the things that they've got going on, check out the uh, Infinity Bros Patreon. And there's also some exclusive uh, Patreon episodes that you can get access to uh, for only $5 a month. And if you want access to unedited episodes, it's only $2 a month. So make sure you guys check that out. 
really great deal. And these Patreon episodes, I mean, they end up getting long. Like there are some of them that almost go like as long as our Infinity Bros podcast episodes. So oh, yeah, definitely sure. worth it for the the amount of uh, content you're getting. But anyways, um, so Jarrett uh, talked a little bit about that on the, the Patreon portion. But you also mentioned on the portion that you started school. So that's kind of why you're getting tired out and not being able to watch as much stuff, correct? Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, like I work in a school and kids, I love them, but they can be really exhausting. And um, the the classroom that I'm in this year has a broken heating unit in it. I mean, like, oh, no. I, I don't think the heating unit is actually broken. I think our thermostat is broken. And so it's stuck at like like 90 degrees. And so when you're dealing with kids in a hot environment, they're crabby, you're crabby, and you're just trying your best every day. Uh, you come a home a little tired. For yeah. success, right? Um, so I come home and I'm exhausted and I'm like, I, I either do my adult responsibilities and I stay awake or I put a TV show on and I fall asleep on the couch. And so like, <laughs> to be a good human being, I stay awake and I do what I got to do. Well, good for you on being a good human being and not being trash like the rest of us who are watching all these shows. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I mean, you're not like, you're totally not wrong though. Like so much freaking content that's coming yeah, out right now. Lot. And it's, it's tough to keep up with all of it. So I myself have only watched, I think the first episode of Rick and Morty and I mean, those are those are short, quick episodes and they don't really take a whole lot of brain power like, you know, like Ring, Rings of Power or House of the Dragon. You kind of got to focus. Yeah, yeah you got to be like mentally prepared because they're throwing a lot of stuff at you in, in those like hour long episodes. And a lot of really complicated things. That you have yeah, to yeah, exactly. And yeah, we're going to get the, into that in just a few minutes. But um, but first, I did want to mention that we have this special rating system on the Infinity Bros podcast. So if you haven't listened to the Infinity Bros podcast before, here it is. Bros podcast. Everything is ranked from a zero to six point scale. Zero meaning horrible and six meaning absolutely excellent. If all of the Infinity Bros rank something a six, it gets an Infinity Snap. And we are going to be fully spoiling both Rings of Power all the way through. What are we on now? Episode six, seven? I think it's seven. It's got to be episode six. Maybe six. Anyways, uh, all the way (laughs) to the current episode that just dropped today on October 1st. And we're going to be spoiling the first four episodes of Andor. So here is your spoiler warning. This is... Prepare yourself. An Infinity Bros. Prepare yourself. Spoiler. Ah! Warning. Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power. I mean, we uh, already talked about that we haven't reviewed this at all on the Infinity Bros podcast. Just because there's been so much content that we've been reviewing and she-hulk kind of is our our main focus if you guys want to hear our she-hulk reviews go back episode 136 is the most current uh, review of the she-hulk um attorney at law show on disney plus uh with uh several of our members robbie mark and max reviewing that um ton of content to go through right now so we just haven't even gotten around to rings of power and which is a travesty because this show in my opinion and yours is is fantastic so really excited to talk about this with you 
Um, so just a real quick synopsis here. Epic drama set thousands of years before the events of J.R.R. Tolkien's The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings follows an ensemble cast of characters, both familiar and new, as they confront the long-feared reemergence of evil to Middle-earth. So for those of you guys who aren't super deep into, um, you know, Tolkien and Lord of the Rings lore, this is a show that takes place like thousands of years before the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Um, so we do have a few uh, familiar faces, like I mentioned, um, with some elves and some characters that are mentioned in lore. But most of these characters are, are brand new to us and kind of brand new to um, fiction in general because they they create a lot of these characters for this show as they do not have the rights to the similar Silmarillion. I I cannot say <laughs> that right the first time ever. Uh, they don't. The Amazon Prime does not have the rights to the Silmarillion, so they didn't do like a one to one. You know, like all right. I mean, any ad- adaptation is tough to do one to one, but uh, it's it's more of a kind of a read between the lines. And they're, you know, doing the best that they can to try to keep the continuity of the Lord of the Rings lore without, you know, taking anything out of the Silmarillion for that. So so it's kind of a an interesting adaptation of, uh, of a TV show because we don't really know what's going to happen. But in a sense, we do, because obviously we have watched the Lord of the Rings trilogy and we know what ends up happening in those. So. Um, let's just dive right into it, Jarrett. So first, so we are up to episode six right now. Um, okay. looking at it here, episode seven drops on the seventh. Uh, this drops every Friday. Um, so we're up to episode six and there's several different storylines here, but I'm going to let you pick one and run with it. And, and we'll, we'll talk about it. Everything that's happened up to this point. So we got what's happening in Numenor uh, with actually kind of wrapping in a few different storylines up to this point. But we got Galadriel and Halbrand. Halbrand? Halbrand. Halbrand. (laughs) One of those guys. Yeah. (laughs) Halbrand. Galadriel and Halbrand. And uh, they just in this most recent episode finally made it to, um, you know, the the southern lands and kind of were trying to help out those guys that were dealing with the orcs. We've got the Harfoots, um, which we've got Nori, who discovered this unnamed person who is helping them out. And he's got, you know, he seems like to be a sorcerer of some kind. Um, and then we've got, um, gosh, what else do we have? trying to think of well i guess we uh, along the same lines that intersected in this episode we've got um the now i'm blanking on the names of the elf here the village crew yeah Arandir and bronwyn bronwyn yes yes and then so they've been you know kind of like fending off the orcs um in the southlands up to this point where in episode six they are met by the numenorians and they kind of help them out. So which, which of those storylines do you want to pick up and run with here so far? Um, Oh gosh. I think of them all, I'm really invested in the folks that like are trying to survive the org onslaught in the town. Like, uh, Ishmael Cordova who plays Arandir, that elf. First of all, like the best looking dude on earth. Like I, 
if I could go back in time and, and like make myself look like somebody, I'd want to look like that too. He is a handsome <laughs> man. Yes, um, but that to me, that's like the most engaging storyline right now. Obviously like end of episode six, like everything kind of comes to a head, but man, I, that was the storyline that really invested me right away. All right, let's let's dive right into that. So um, Arondir is an elf that basically was watching over this area of the Southlands because previously um, in the lore here, like the people of the Southlands basically helped Morgoth uh, kind of conquer the world type of thing. Right. Um, so the elves defeat them and now they're just like watching over them because from what it seems through the first couple episodes is the elves basically believe that these people are just evil. Like right. even though this is like centuries removed, I think he says that he's been watching over them for like 70 some years or something like that. Right. Like I, you know, <clears throat> they still believe that like at heart, basically they are evil, which they're not entirely wrong because yeah. a huge a good group chunk of their of crew did get it, yeah. goes and literally joins <laughs> joins Adar and their orc crew over there so uh but yeah I mean you're totally you're totally hit it on the head though like the dude is a a view, very beautiful human so I I see what Bronwyn sees in him for sure uh so and there's there's this one moment and this is a very interesting because you kind of see all these villagers and they're literally just like struggling to survive. And all these elves are like kind of living the life and yeah. lording it over them, so to speak, you know, and they're they understand the elves understand that they're there for a reason. But at this point in the story, the villagers are like, I mean, they see them as kind of the enemy at this point because they don't really have any other enemies. Right. Uh, so, I mean, they, they are like, they finally get disbanded because they don't think it's, it's necessary. So uh, they decide to check out what's going on with all the, the uh, mysterious happenings in uh, nearby villages and stuff like that. Um, but I want to mention like, the one thing in this storyline that was just like this was my I think my favorite part in this show so far was when they decided to her when they're like in their village and they start like like the kid. What's his, the kid's name? Theo. Uh, Bron Theo. Bronwyn's <clears throat> excuse me. Bronwyn's son says he's been like hearing the scratching like the rats for weeks and finally a dude just like pops through the floor right <laughs> and like this is i think from what i remember this is a couple of weeks ago now but from what i remember i think this is the first time we like see an orc in the show and i got to say the the mix of practical effects and cgi that they're using in the show is incredible bro that like, seems freaky <laughs> it just it was so so and like you can tell that they're using a lot of practical effects, um, which looks fantastic because um, for a lot of you Lord of the Rings fans, we remember going back to The Hobbit, which I I still love the Hobbit movies. But man, they you can absolutely tell that like 95 percent of those movies are all CGI. Like CGI, they didn't sure. use a ton of practical effects for those those TV show or that those movies. So. It is refreshing to see how much practical effects um, that they've put into this this show. 
and the i mean they've put like i think we did a tiktok on it a while ago um this is like a a billion dollar show like they've put so much i think it was like 50 plus million into each episode which for oh a tv gosh. episode yeah. is bonkers <laughs> that's like wild. no tv shows get that budget none so the the amount of money that they're putting into the show is is showing up on screen i think the show do you think okay fantastic. just just like i don't mean to pull us off the track too much but no nope, you're fine do you think the return on investment is there for something like this like have you heard of people buying amazon prime to watch this that's tough because i feel like amazon prime is like the one thing that everybody has sure uh like even among people like my family that do not have streaming services, they have Amazon Prime because they they have Amazon Prime. They didn't have it for the, for shipping. the right. Prime video, but now they have it. So they already had it. So now they can watch this stuff. Um, but like I think I think the ROI is probably there because and all these numbers are so flimsy and wishy washy, I feel like. Ethereal, but like sure. they they the first House of the Dragon episode for HBO Max, they reported that like 10 million people watched that first episode, like within 24 hours or something like that. It was like something in roughly in that ballpark. And then Amazon came out and said that 25 million people watched Holy the God. first episode of Rings of Power in the first 24 episode or 24 hours. And then like, you know, all these numbers are reported, self-reported by Amazon and HBO Max. So like who knows what what like things they're using to take into that account and stuff like that. It's not like Amazon and Jeff Bezos has really hurt for money anyway. (laughs) No, no. But like, I mean, I gotta believe that like so many people are watching this, whether they are watching it because they love it or they're watching it just to hate watch it. Like that's funny. They're watching it one way or the other. Honestly, so I think they're they're getting their money's worth out of this, and it's already been renewed for a season two. So like we're getting more. It's not. Yeah, there was a whole Twitter thread on this where um, somebody went through and listed all of like these accounts that are like live tweeting themselves, like watching Lord of the Rings and just like complaining about it. And it's like you realize like you're still paying to watch this. Why? I just I just don't understand. I mean, I I think. Zane and I got into this a little bit earlier um, on a Patreon episode, but like we haven't dove into it um, on an Infinity Bros podcast episode. But like this series is getting so much hate for like no reason at all. Uh, I think for nothing else, if nothing else, if you hate everything about this story, you can still watch this and think that this is this is top notch production. Like there is not like House of the Dragon is up there as well. They that show looks phenomenal. But like these two shows are like you can't watch another TV show and say it looks as good as these two shows. Like Rings of Power looks incredible. And if nothing else, the feel they've captured the feel of Middle Earth from the original trilogy, in my in my opinion. Um, I think they've done an amazing job of how this show looks. If you want to get into like the the story, I think there's definitely some things that you can nitpick if you really, really want to get into it. But anyways, continue. 
saying something. Obviously, I love the story. I love the writing. I think they did a fantastic job with that. Um, there are parts that I don't like, but I think in general. But like you can attribute a lot of that to just me being a fan of Lord of the Rings. If you were completely divorced from this IP, you didn't care about any of it. I think it still has a lot for people who don't care about these things. Obviously, like visually amazing. I think the actors and actresses, like there is not a bad apple in the bunch. Like they are all doing their jobs to the extreme. Um, And so I think the only thing is maybe if you aren't invested in the story and even then, like it's, it's very, they have a little bit of everything for everybody. And I think that's important. Like, I, I don't know if I could convince my family to watch most of these Marvel shows just because a lot of them tend to be like a very specific style. Whereas like this, I don't know. I feel like this just has so much for everybody. A lot of action, a lot of drama. And I feel like it captures a much broader audience because almost everybody has had some exposure to Lord of the Rings. Whether you, um, you know, watch the movies for the first time and and love those, or if you read the books before you watch the movies, or if you haven't even watched the movies and you just read the books. Um, I there's Dude, some Hobbit level. was required reading in my school. So right, like, exactly. I read The Hobbit, I think, in like fifth or sixth grade. Like it it was it was pretty influential on me. And I think, gosh, now I'm trying to think. So the those movies came out like early 2000s. Like I think 2001 probably was like the maybe the first one or something like Let me that. Google Fellowship of the Ring. So I was like, I think I had read those like along the same time as I was seeing the movies, like in, in like early or late elementary school and middle school is like when I read the Lord of the Rings for the first time. And that's like when the movies were coming out. So like for me, this Lord of the Rings IP is like super influential, like more so even than, than Marvel. Like, yeah, I like superheroes and stuff at that point, but um, like, this was way more influential in like my early pop culture life or however you want to say it. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, just, just, I think everybody can look at these and at least be semi interested and, you know, think about giving it a shot. So they, they've got that going for them for sure. Just with the name behind it. Um, but yeah. And then, and then with the production aspect looks fantastic, but there is, I, I will concede that there's some story elements that there some people could, um, you know, possibly have issues with. At sure. this point, to me, I just feel like, and this episode, uh, this latest episode, episode six, did a lot for starting to wrap kind of these storylines together. And um, we're starting to see some payoffs in, in this storyline, yeah. which I think is a lot of what people were really upset about is that this is i mean it was kind of a slow building uh story at first and and in this day and age i'm going to be completely honest i feel like we're so used to like action action like man everything is so cool so what like when there's a slow moving dialogue focused episode of something um sometimes we're just like oh man i just wanted to see something blow up and something really cool i'm gonna throw Uh, this out there (laughs) Um, and, and you can clip this and put it on TikTok and on uh, <laughs> okay. Instagram and on Reels. Noted. TikTok has ruined people. Like I've noticed <laughs> the attention span of everyone around me. TikTok is like one of the worst things to happen to humanity. 
people have no patience anymore. Dude, I'm I'm totally with you because I've heard people have the same complaints of Andor, honestly, yeah. and we'll get into that later. But like this is a slow building series. And what yeah. I think is is really comes down to is that they knew that this is going to go more than season one. They knew that this is going to go a couple seasons. So they're they have a vision and they're not going to rush it like these six episode Marvel series that come out um, and try to cram as much as they can into these. And that's little the thing is people you know? complain when they like when they just throw everything exactly. at you and say, all right, we're done. Right. Exactly. And nobody like almost nobody. I shouldn't say nobody liked them because we all generally liked them. But like almost nobody was like, this is the best TV show of all time to right. any of the Marvel shows. Sure. Because it felt like that. It felt like they were just like cramming as much as they could into these short six episodes and they were just leaving some story elements out. And so, sure, yeah, the story was boom, 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 boom. And like if you missed an episode, you're going to miss some things. But ultimately, they just couldn't wrap it all together in a satisfying way for a lot of these shows, which I think that means with these shows, with Rings of Power, House of the Dragon and or is what it seems to be shaping out to be. We're going to get slower moving shows, but hopefully those payoffs at the end of the season are going to be a lot bigger than what we've experienced in these really short, you know, Marvel uh, miniseries. So, sorry, we totally got derailed from what we were talking about previously. But, uh, what? okay, what did you find interesting about the the uh, Bronwyn and Villager um, storyline, Jared? I think, I think the idea of, like, um, how, how her son was seduced to, through the power of this sword, I think is, like, very... Like that screams Lord of the Rings to me. Yeah. And it's something like yep. I play a lot of D&D and I try to emulate that. Like people have to have a reason to want to do something bad. Like people aren't just bad to be bad. Like something seduces yeah. them towards right. evil. Well, and I mean, man, it's such a it's such a parallel to how we see in the Lord of the Rings trilogy. They give a recap of kind of like how the ring came to, you know, right. uh, to Bilbo and Frodo, all this stuff. And we see a Sildur, which we have right. in this series. And he, it was the same thing for him. Like he fought Sauron and ultimately destroyed him. And the ring seduced him and he right. kept it for himself. And eventually that was, you know, what, what came to the end of him. Um, but yeah, it's just, like, that was a cool parallel that, that I kind of got out of that. Like, yeah, man, all, the power that he felt really was like drawing him to the dark side <laughs> of yeah. Sauron. So, but yeah, that was, but that was a really cool, really cool parallel. So I, yeah, I get that, man. I, I think that's, and then the last, the last episode, we finally get to see, um, they use, uh, the, whatever the dude's name, the, the bad guy that went to the orcs and, and, you know, gave himself up. He gets to use the key, to oh, yeah. unlock whatever it is at the end that we don't really get to see anything. Can I that. say, I, I did not expect this to be as like dark and heavy as it is. There's some serious horror aspects. And when they, when he says like that, your, what does he say? Like your allegiance must be bought in blood. Mm -hmm. And he straight up murders that kid. I was like, 
Dang, yeah. they're not messing around. Yeah, dude, I know. I I watched an episode with my wife, and and she's not like super like she's sure. watched Lord of the Rings, of course, but she's not like super into it and stuff. But she watched one episode with me, and she was like, "Oh, oh, okay." Like, <laughs> I guess we're just stuff. like yeah. we're just murdering people left and right. Like, yeah. there's blood splattering everywhere. <laughs> like, this is not they're not pulling any punches with this, which I really appreciate because this is this is. High fantasy. I mean, we kind of talked about this a little bit earlier. Like, this is high fantasy. This is like medieval, you know, vibes that we have yeah. going on here. There should be a lot of blood. There should be a lot of violence. So I, I think I love that they're going with that um, really dark, gritty, like, version of Lord of the Rings. And Lord of the Rings is dark and gritty. Like, don't get yeah. me wrong. Like, you watch those original trilogies uh, or the trilogy and man there is some dark stuff like as a middle schooler watching those movies i remember having like nightmares about about the lord of the rings trilogy because it, it got dark it got really dark um but yeah I, I like that they are keeping the feel of that yeah. which you didn't get in in the hobbit movies like right. those and granted i will say like the hobbit book feels a lot different than the Lord of the Rings yeah. books. It feels it's like a, a lighthearted and, yeah. action adventure book. And those those the movies did a pretty good job of kind of capturing the vibe of of the Hobbit, but man, it feels so different. Yeah. So so different. So it's it's really cool that we're coming back to that. Um yeah, man. Uh anything else you want to mention about the that uh storyline before we no, uh, I mean, I think I think of all the like different aspects of this TV series, I think their story in particular plays up like the horror aspect of it. And also like the um, sort of like the darkness in humanity. I think that's really what that one's doing more than anything is talking about like how fickle people are and how like prone to weakness. Um, and also like kind of in juxt- juxtaposition to that, they there's a lot of like talking about how elves are indifferent and elves are like, uh, so far sighted that they can't see what's right in front of them. And like, this is that, like they had this whole army grow mm. literally right under their noses and they had no idea. And I think that's a cool way to show that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. For sure, man. All right. <clears throat> We're going to move on to another aspect here. And this is one that I know specifically infinity bro. Mark has been very critical of this uh, aspect of the show. We're going to move on to the Harfoots. So, <clears throat> We've got Nori Brandyfoot, uh, who is kind of the main character in this storyline. These are like, so the Harfruits, for those of you guys who aren't watching the show, are basically like early relatives of hobbits, basically. Um, And they even have very similar surnames, like Brandyfoot. um, Brandy Buck is a very common surname in Lord of the Rings. Um, and then uh, let's see, Poppy Proudfellow. I think Proud Proudfoot Proud is a uh, common Proud surname. Proud Feats. Proud Feats. Feats. Yeah. Yes, exactly. They're, they're very specific <laughs> about that. You're right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're uh, there's a couple. I mean, they're very similar. And obviously, I mean, you get that you get that vibe right off the bat when, yeah, when for you sure. come to to the Harfoot Foots. But they're um, like nomads. Basically, they're traveling from place to place. And I suspect that if not in this season. Um, in future seasons, we will see them eventually settle in the Shire. Shire, I think, yeah, I I think that's going to be, um, a little bit of where that storyline is headed, but, um, kind of the main thing with this is they get this, 
suspicious stranger that comes down in a meteor right lands right next to them and nori befriends him and basically they've got him on their side right now helping them out um i've heard a lot of people say that this potentially could be gandalf which to me doesn't really make a whole lot of sense what do you make of the the stranger jared i think he's like we know for sure that he has to be one of the um what what are they called in lord of the rings they're, they're the wizards but there's a name for him yeah I think of I what it. you're talking about um like we think that he's one of these or at least that's right. my opinion of it mm-hmm. um I, I've heard, obviously, like, I've never read the Salmerillion, so I don't know. And, and they can't even base it off of that anyways. Right. But people say, like, lore accurate, this cannot be Gandalf. And, and I trust right. those people who are telling me this. Right. But I feel like with everything we've seen so far, this has to be one of those wizards. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not Radagast, for sure. Because <laughs> um, that dude is a goofball and this guy is not that. <laughs> right. um, but I'm interested to see, like, who it is. Is it Saruman? Is it... Is it some other like they don't talk about the blue wizards much and I'd love if it was one of those. But I don't know, man, like he I, I think it's cool that we don't know. Right. Because we yeah. have all these names we, we've talked about, like like Durin is a big one, Isildur. Mm. Yeah. Um, mm. You know, like we're, we're touching on all these characters that we know from the history. And so I think it's cool to have this like unknown and, and play with it a little bit and have everybody be like, oh, could it be? I think those are fun aspects of the series because. In the same way that, like, we were waiting for Mephisto and WandaVision, like, we're waiting for the big reveal of this one. And right. I, I think that stuff is cool, for sure. Yeah, right. So, okay, so what you're talking about is the Mire. Mire, that's the word. I couldn't the think of it. primordial spirits created to help the Valar first shape the world. And basically, they sent them to Middle-earth to help with the threat against Sauron. So, so you, you might got, know this better than I do. But but the the if they get corrupted, the Maiar, they turn into Balrogs. Is that right? Uh, what is the what is the I lore behind think, that? Right, I don't think that's quite accurate because obviously Saruman, um, yeah, became corrupted at some Meyer point. Maiar and Balrog. Let me go uh, this real quick. <laughs> yeah, there is some there is some connection between them though. Um, I think you're definitely onto something there. But that was actually like. The first time I saw him come on, my first thought was Gandalf. But like, it just doesn't seem to line up that it would be Gandalf. And like you said, there's there's a lot more Tolkien smart people that I that I've been following that don't believe that it's him, and I trust them as well. Uh, but I wonder. My other thought was, and yeah, obviously Radagast is in that in that group as well. But Saruman was kind of a thought that came to me. Later, yeah. I was like, because he he was totally on Gandalf's side until the Lord of the Rings trilogy. So there's a good, you know, couple thousand years where he is fighting Sauron and, you know, all the darkness that he's he's got in Middle Earth. Um, and we could see like like maybe the seeds of that being planted. You know, he refers to himself at one point. He's like, am I a calamity? Because he talks about the fireflies that he mm-hmm. killed. And right. I'm like that. That was the point where I was like. Uh, maybe you know yeah right so yeah i mean there's there's still questions about that and i think you hit it on the head is that like i think that's good that we're questioning this and that we're wondering about this because that's going to keep people interested surely is keeping me interested in this show 
for sure. Um, so, but yeah, there's definitely a few different things. I, I personally, I, I'm not on the side of Mark where he despises the storyline. I, for some reason, I, we will have to have him in our future episode yeah. to tell us why he really hates the storyline. But anytime anybody mentions a Harfoot, he's like, he loses his mind, burn them he's all. So mad. <laughs> That's- um, I have no investment in the hobbits. Like, I don't know. I like, I, they're okay. I feel like they're just kind of there to be there. I am right. invested in this storyline because of like Meteor Man, the strange, right? Or whatever they exactly. Call like he's definitely got a bigger part to play in this yeah. this uh, show and in Middle Earth. So, we'll if it was out. Gandalf, which uh, again I don't think it is, but if it was Gandalf, this would explain why. Like every time he goes to do anything, he's like, "All right, let's bring let's bring a Hobbit with us." Like that's our solution. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of interesting things with that. I mean, there's there's the only thing that I really think is more interesting along with the stranger in that storyline is just the all the um, early callbacks to hobbits, which I mean, if you if that's the only thing you're going for, you should have just given us hobbits straight up instead of their early descendants. But I think, you know, it's cool to see that, like we're in the early stages of middle earth at this point and we get to see how things have progressed when we get to the lord of the rings trilogy so that's kind of a cool aspect but definitely not something that is worth its own storyline so the stranger definitely is uh the stuff that keeps that storyline going for sure so the last one we get to is galadriel so this has been a basically the point of contention for everybody on the internet, which I, I don't really understand. I don't get it because I think the actor that plays Galadriel is fantastic. Morph Morphid Clark. She's yeah, doing she's like a fantastic it. job. I, so the, the most common like criticism I get, or I see on the internet of Galadriel is that she's not supposed to be like this hardened warrior because she's like a woodland witch in Lord of the Rings. And it's like, have you guys, did you guys read anything? Did you read the books? Do you know anything about Lord of the Rings? Like I, this is where I think that people are literally just pulling from the Lord of the Rings movie trilogy, because obviously they don't really have any other reference besides that. But like, in the books, it literally says that she was like fighting the rebellion against Sauron. Like, it's not that far fetched to think that she was a warrior. And and I think, I think, yeah, I, I just don't really understand why everybody's so got their panties in a bunch about about this. I think she's doing a fantastic job. I think she's awesome. She's powerful, and like, this is what we wanted when we want. When we watch Lord of the Rings, we want a sweet, like an elf doing sweet warrior moves and and taking people down. Like, why, why are you complaining about this? I don't get it. So that that's the one thing that I, I wanted to point out before we kind of dove deep into her storyline. But like she, for some reason, is the point of contention for people on the Internet. And I just. I don't get it. That and the black elves, like yeah. those are the There's two so things that, that people you, have color. And I don't understand. Yeah. Like, why, why is this a thing? <laughs> it just it makes zero sense to me. Yeah. But anyways, uh, what do you think about Galadriel, Jarrett, and, and how uh, 
Morfid Clark is portraying her in this uh, series. I think this is really cool. Like um, they they really dive in and I don't I don't fully understand like this point that they're making, but they dive into like how she's fought darkness for so long that she's become the darkness. Like I'm kind of I'm not really buying that, but because she just seems like a good character. Um, she is like the most relentless, like which I feel like is very elven is the thing that like they 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 circle back to a lot in Lord of the Rings is like elves are very like set in their ways. They do things a certain way. And so her like blatant disregard for whatever's going on around her, like she has one mission and one mission only. And I really appreciate that. And I think the the conflicting nature that we see in the very beginning um, and then like everything after that is just her resolute and her goal. And I, I, I love the way that they portray that because I think that's you need you need those sort of people in the series to carry it. Everybody else can be wishy-washy, but you have to have somebody who's like, this is my this is my path that I'm on. And I, and I really appreciate that. I think the actress is killing it. I think um, the storyline between her and I just blanked on his name. What's that? Halbrand? Yeah, Halbrand. I think that him being like almost like an Aragorn, but more like Aragorn was like, whatever, doing his own thing. And, and I think he accepted being a king a little bit quicker than Halbrand. Whereas Halbrand is like, nah, I'm a dirtbag and there's a reason why I'm not king. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, I love this storyline, man. And then we get to see a Sildor. Just like yeah. once again, screwing everything up. <laughs> like this dude can yep. do nothing right. And I'm like, that seems appropriate. Yeah, I I, I love that. they're Yeah, I love that they're keeping that, <laughs> keeping that for sure. But yeah, it's just think, a sloppy human being. And I'm like, yeah, that's the dude <laughs> yes. who, who turns his back on humanity. <laughs> that totally makes sense. Yeah, yeah I, I I'm with you here. Halbrand, <clears throat> I still haven't really been able to get a good read on him. Yeah. I, he definitely we're going to learn more about his backstory, but he's like he's got something in his backstory that they're not telling us for a reason yeah. yet. And we're going to find out why in the next couple episodes, because I think there is only let's see. I think there's only two more episodes left in the season. Oh, my kind of wild to think it's about. too short for me. <clears throat> yeah. But this this episode, episode six, started things rolling like there's there's stuff going down now. Yeah, for sure. So because two of these storylines intersect. I'm sure we're going to get the third one here at some point, obviously, in the last two episodes. Uh, but yeah, like Hallbrand has been a weird part of the story that I really just haven't been able to put my finger on. And I think we're going to find out why in the next couple um, episodes. Okay. One thing I got to talk about, too. Does this does the actor that play plays Hallbrand? I don't know what it is about him, but he reminds me of um, uh, what is the guy's name in Witcher? Yaskier Daffodil. Oh, yeah, he totally does. I don't does. know why, but every time that. I see him, I'm like, <laughs> I like they could be brothers. I don't know. It's so weird to You're me. You're totally right. Yeah, I didn't even see that, but that's <laughs> that's pretty funny. Yeah, and he, despite um, the pretty negative tone that he has with pretty much everything, he kind of is always smiling. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, <laughs> I kind of never noticed that. That's, that's He gives me that vibe 100%, yeah. <laughs> Love that. So anyways, Galadriel and Hallbrand basically become companions uh, and up until this episode six here, not really willing companions are kind of just like playing each other to get what they want until this episode. Now they kind of have a, a more solid purpose like 
you totally see, see when Galadriel is in Numenor, she's totally playing the, oh, Hullbrand's a, Hullbrand's a king. Like, oh, right. we should go save the self. He lands. wants like, his totally... kingdom back, trust me. <laughs> yeah, he definitely wants it, guys. I promise, I promise. Oh, I but that. she's playing that pretty heavy. But he obviously still has this, like, sigil thing, which they keep flashing this in every, yeah. every episode. We still know nothing about what it is. We know nothing. But it's apparently some kind of symbol that he's a king and the one moment in this episode that i was like really when bronwyn sees this sigil she immediately accepts him as the king right and like they they see this guy for the first time and about 30 seconds later everybody's cheering for him as their king <laughs> yeah they're like this is our guy and we're like yeah i was that's the point that's, that's like in the <laughs> whole right. series that's the whole point that i was like really like yeah <laughs> that's it that's all you need these people who have been living like in poverty for <laughs> for years and like not trusting every anybody including the elves who are supposed right. to be the good people in this you know in this world like they just see this guy and they're like yeah he's our king all right cool <laughs> that one did make sense to me and i i'm sure we're gonna learn a little bit more about why but that was just like, what? <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Do that. Here we go. And then like another 30 seconds later, the whole place blows up. Which, do by the think, way, hell of a way to finish that. Yeah. No episode. kidding. Okay. My first thought was like, okay, so this is the Southlands, right? Like this is I, every time I've seen a map flashed up on the screen, the Southlands seems to be Mordor. where Mordor is, yeah. like on Lord of the Rings. And I'm no, I'm no like you know cartography expert or anything like that, especially when it comes to fictional maps. But this, like when we saw that volcano erupt, I was like, is that going to be Mount Doom? That's what I, exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, is it? Is it? I mean, it. It's weird because like they don't show the mountain slash volcano the whole right. time. And then all of a sudden they show this up. giant shot of this, this giant volcano erupting all of a sudden. It's like, Oh wow. Okay. <laughs> all right, cool. Here we go. But yeah, I was, that was my first thought. I was like, is this Mount Doom? Like, is this how Mordor is formed? So we know, and we know too, that like the one ring was forged in Mount Doom and we know that like Sauron's involved and this seems to be the place where Sauron is mm -hmm. coming. Right. Calibrimbor is already building his tower. Yeah. So we know that like the rings are, and that it's called Rings of Power. So like the the leap between like this mountain just exploded in the place where Sauron's supposed to show up. The rings are in process of being built with this tower. They get the mithril. Um it's not a hard leap. I think this yeah. is Mordor. I think we can say that right. confidently. Yeah, definitely. And then we'll find out two more episodes. Oh, so you mentioned something that I totally forgot to bring up is that there is a fourth storyline. We've got yeah. Elrond and Durin who are kind of like almost duking it out. Like they keep duking it out. I love their relationship. Then like too. hugging because of friends <laughs> yeah. and like, oh, no, now I'm mad at you. Oh, That's no, Max and Mark. 100%. <laughs> Max yeah. and Mark. Elrond and Durin. So which one is which? Max is definitely Elrond, right? Yeah, Max is Elrond. But yeah. Yeah, that feels right. <laughs> See, oh no, I, I, I'm I'm trying to think. I think it's the other way around. And here's why. 
I feel like under duress, Max would bring Mark to his house for dinner and Sarah would be super nice about it the whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and whereas like Mark would always <laughs> Max invite Max to, to yeah. get him to just break trying to get him time. out the door. Um, <laughs> yeah, that feels more right to me. Yeah. Yeah, I could see Gosh, that. Definitely. That. For sure. But yeah, you're totally right. Like, man, the the actors that they chose uh, to to be Durin and Elrond are nailing this relationship. Like this is <laughs> this is fantastic. Oh, OK. I will take one thing back. I said there were no like subpar actors in this. I don't know what it is, but I feel like the Elf King is phoning it in in every episode. <laughs> like, dude, no, oh, no disrespect you know to this guy, but I feel like, yeah. You know what he reminded me of? He reminded me of the actors of Asgardians in Marvel. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like okay. Matt Damon and like his crew. Yeah. Like he looks like he's got like <laughs> fake elf stuff on. And his everybody ears, else is everybody's ears are perfect. And his look like swollen and taped yeah. on. I don't I don't know either. Like and he is supposed to be like a bad guy. So that's yeah. probably why they didn't like, you know, make him more distinguish and blah blah yeah. blah all that stuff but like you're totally right i like <laughs> i got that vibe the first time that yeah. i saw him on screen i was like this there's something weird and off about this dude like <laughs> when they, i don't know when, what it is but. every time the humans talk about like how how big of a dick the elves are to them <laughs> I, I picture that dude and he, i'm like no i guess he's the I guy though he's the guy that makes the elves look like dicks yeah you're totally right <laughs> <laughs> he is the guy and then oh. i mean <laughs> elrond is all chipper and just like happy all the time yeah. in this but like it's so funny to see how you go to the Lord of the Rings trilogy and and Hugo Weaving, who plays. Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah, it is him so night brilliantly, and day. but it's night <laughs> and day, <laughs> night and day between this Elrond in this series. And, and yeah. it, like still it still makes sense because there's been 2000 years of stuff happening on Middle Earth. And number like, one, any any disillusionment that that like our bright hearted, like bread eyed, full heart can't lose Elrond like that dude went to Mount Doom and watched <laughs> watched our idiot friend like betray the human race like it makes oh sense that he turns oh, into Hugo dude Weaving. I just thought of that like Elrond and Isildur are eventually going to meet up and become like buds here yeah, too. Dog. like that's probably going to happen in this series like that's that's just wild that we're finally getting all these all these relationships interconnecting in this series also yeah. the the guy that they got to play um Isildur's dad Looks like the actor that plays Elrond in Lord of the Rings, or not Elrond, um, yeah. uh, Isildur. Like the actor in Lord of the Rings who plays Isildur yeah. and yeah, doesn't know wrong. They look alike to me, and I was they like, do. "That's a yeah. that's a cool callback." That that's is the only cool. one that actually looks the same. Yeah, that's true. That's cool. I mean, I could see. Hmm, El- There's definitely like uh, young Elrond definitely sure. has like similar features, brighter and like. I don't know, yeah. wider features like yeah. older Elrond seems like taller and like more proper and distinguished, which he is at that point. But um, yeah, man, that's I think that is honestly probably my favorite storyline, though. Like the relationship between Elrond and Durin is just it's fantastic. Incredible. It's so good. And they man, like so for all of the drawbacks to The Hobbit, 
they did a pretty good job with some of the elves in that sure. elves, excuse me, the dwarves, dwarves yeah. in that in that show. Thorin being one of them, like he was fantastic. A lot of them, obviously, like they used probably half of those dwarves for just comedic relief yeah. in that in that show. But like they are doing the dwarves great. In They're so show. well done. Yeah. They look so good. And I think there were there were some because they took those liberties in the Hobbit. Like we have this idea of like the dwarves is just jokes um, yeah. from the Hobbit. But in this series, they're legit, man. And I like I every time we become upon a crew of dwarves or especially especially in that, like, I think it's the first or second episode when Elrond and Durin are having the like rock smashing contest. Oh, yeah. And you yeah. see the dwarves just like surrounding them in the ring and stuff like that. Like, man, that, that is fantastic. so well done. Like all those dwarves look so good. The um, the the singing to the stone was really oh, cool. Yeah, that was that dope. was cool. That was the so cool. um the the joke that he plays on the elves where he talks about how the table is like sacred. <laughs> that was so I, funny. Th- that oh is my, my favorite part of this and entire Elrond series. And picks it up too. He's yeah, like, he's like, "You were joking." <laughs> um, <laughs> and then the kids running around with the helmets on. Obviously, you yeah. know, I have two boys. That is a hundred percent what my boys do. Like I'm raising <laughs> <Yeah>. dwarves. <laughs> they would totally. put on those giant helmets and just smash into each other. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. That's gosh. so awesome. Yeah. And the the actress who plays uh Duran's wife, what's what's her name? She is phenomenal as well. Dude, she she's killing it. Is um, that was that her actual voice? Because if it was like kudos, like she, that that was fantastic. That is she a was doing the great scene question. Stone. Why is she uh, not listed was... on IMDb for the cast? Am I missing something here? <laughs> it's not on the front page. I feel like she should be on the front page. Disa, that's her name. Yeah, Sophia? Dude, she's phenomenal. Sophia Namvit. Namvit? Namvit. Yeah, but she she is doing an incredible job. Like, she's hilarious. Um, she's, like... I love how it's like just a great husband wife relationship yeah. between <laughs> yeah. between her and Duran. Like Duran obviously knows like she's she's not to be messed with. And he, yeah, he still he still like kind of does his thing and like tries to get what he wants. But like he knows at the end of the day, he's going to do what she gonna says. Be, yeah, yeah. He's going to do what she says. <laughs> Uh, which is it's just fantastic. Uh, but yeah, there that storyline, probably my favorite part of the show so far, honestly, for sure. <clears throat> um, but that that elven dwarf relationship always has been intriguing, you know, going back to Lord of the Rings and Legolas and uh, Gimli, you know, having the contest of how many orcs they can kill and, you know, becoming friends, even though there's just like the huge stigma and, and Elrond and Durin in the show. The, and, um, and I love that they put up the build up to that. Right. Because you see. Right. You see sort of the seeds being sown. And yeah. then that scene where they turn their back on them during like and obviously this is in Hobbit when they <clears throat> when they turn their back on them when Smaug comes that hits so different now. Yeah. Like that whole scene, and that always has been kind of a hard hitting scene in there. But like now, it's right. like, dang, that's why the relationship exists between Legolas and Gimli, where there's this anim- yeah. animosity. Like it fully makes sense. Yeah, exactly. 
but it. yeah, just everything, everything about that. Um, and then we kind of get a little snippet of um, the mithril that right. uh, the elves. So the elves find out, first of all, how do they find this out? I have no idea, but they find out that they need the mithril basically to keep their tree alive and keep their way of life alive basically is what it comes down to and elrond knows that like this is super dangerous for the dwarves so like right this is not an easy ask to be like hey can you mine a bunch of mithril for us so we can stay alive because you're gonna probably lose a lot of dwarves to mining right. mithril because we find that out in like i think it's episode three or four or something where he, they're durin and his buddies are secretly mining mithril because his dad doesn't want them to because it's so dangerous and he luckily does not lose any of his doors but it was it's like a super you know precarious um situation like it's really difficult to mine probably would lose a bunch of dwarves if they kept doing right it. so um yeah we we kind of were stuck on that ending was that uh Elrond finally tells Durin, like, hey, I know this sucks big time, but like I was misled and this is the real reason why they want, you know, us to have this relationship. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, we'll, we'll find out where that goes as well. But and then we've got Celebrimbor, who has kind of become, you know, started out as uh, kind of a, a major part of the story, but now it's kind of taken a little bit of a backseat yeah. now that we know that the real reason that they wanted Elrond to reconnect with Durin was was to get the Mithril. So it's but it's interesting. <clears throat> I know like board. the video games are not necessarily the most canon thing in the world, but it is wild that like in uh, Shadow of War, Shadow of Mordor, he's this like super BA like orc slang <laughs> yeah. machine. That helps yeah. And in the and in this, he's like a little fruity, you know? <laughs> yeah, he's like he's like just this career politician type yeah. of dude. And oh, yeah, I, lo <laughs> I love that. But like, I also love the Shadow of Mordor and Shadow of War games. So it would be nice if they were they treated those are those considered canon? i assume not right you know i don't actually know i i always kind of assumed they were canon just because there's so much space in like in between the silmarillion and like lord of the rings sure. there's a lot of space in there that you can kind of make up a lot of stories so i kind of assume they're canon even though they're like not really in line with anything that's in either of those two stories but Maybe they're not. I don't know. I, I need to do more research and probably have you, end up okay. reading I shouldn't get us off track because we are an hour into this. But <laughs> All right. um, yeah, so uh, <laughs> Matrix does this thing where like every IP involving the Matrix is canon. Like anytime somebody <laughs> uses their IP, it is canon. It is locked mm -hmm. in. And so uh, Morpheus is not in the newest Matrix because in Matrix Online, the MMO, he dies and they're like shoot. oh yeah i totally they're like shoot that's that. canon now <laughs> and, <laughs> and like imagine being that committed that you're like oh my god i gosh. can't retcon this mmo that we released like forever ago um, but how many people do you think played the like matrix 15 MMO? people played the matrix <laughs> right like that's um, so funny i did hear about that when when that's the, brilliant the newest that's movie so good out, though. that's hilarious 
I feel like every, everything should be like Dude, now that we're talking about it, though, I like I'm itching to play those games again. For some reason, they popped up on my YouTube, too. Like somebody like fighting uh, one of the like. I'm not joking. I warlords. just downloaded. I just tried to download it. Like as we were speaking, I'm on the PlayStation app right now. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I do not have enough room on my PlayStation to download it. So I got to go clean Bummer. it up first. Got to gotta delete Rocket League once again. Then. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. All right, guys. Well, I okay. Let's go ahead and rank it. We've talked about it ad yeah. nauseum here. So, Jared, what is your thought, final thoughts, and ranking of Rings of Power up to this point, episode six? I am I am furious at myself for missing out on this. I think if you are even the slightest Lord of the Rings fan, you're doing yourself a disservice not watching this. Um, I it. it sucks to me so much that they couldn't get the rights to, to the actual Salmerillion. Mm, but yeah. I think in spite of that, this is a six out of six. I I am enjoying this ride a hundred percent. Yeah. I am absolutely right there with you. I also give this a six out of six. So Infinity Snap for Rings of Power until Mark comes on, gives it a four out of six because he hates the Harfoots. The, they're um, not here. Listen, nobody else is here. <laughs> we can say whatever we want. It's an true. Infinity Snap. What are they going to do? Can. Infinity Snap. There yeah. you go. Um, <clears throat> I, I do think um, there's one thing that bugs me, and it's that we haven't seen more character development out of Galadriel. I know that she's true an elf that's been alive for thousands of years and still will be alive for thousands more years right. after this. So like, like how do you expect a lot of character development in such a short period of time for somebody who lived that long? Like yeah. I get that, but at the same time, she still has basically the same attitude as she had as episode one and being six episodes in, I'm kind of like, I'm waiting for her to turn a corner and be like, okay, yeah, I have been a little like, bit headed yeah. throughout this <laughs> so i i'm hoping that happens through the last couple episodes but still beyond that like six out of six this show is fantastic absolutely loving it um can't wait for the two final episodes of rings of power so check that out on uh amazon prime video Great show so far. It's going to be. I would love awesome. if you made it this far and you haven't. <laughs> yeah, you should. Series, if you haven't, <laughs> if, you, if you're listening to this and you haven't watched that, that's incredible, actually. So we're proud. Kudos of you. to you. Look, I get it. You're lazy, and coffee from the grocery store is just as good as ordering from somewhere like Mini World's Tavern, right? Wrong. That's dumb, and you should feel so dumb for thinking that. Does your local grocery store donate a portion of their proceeds to charity? Actually, you know, if they do that, that is kind of awesome. But we guarantee that Mini World's Tavern does that. Besides, it's not like your grocery store provides an amazing monthly blend with added RPG-themed bonuses. That's a limited edition Mini World's Tavern exclusive, baby. They are the online coffee brand that's perfect for game night. Guys, I should know. Before every podcast and every time I go live on Twitch, I fill an entire bathtub full of great old one, and I do my best Lord Harkonnen impression. Guys, grab a bag for yourself right now. Go to www.miniworldstavern.com slash theinfinitybros, all one word. And guess what? You're going to save yourself 10% at checkout. All right, we got to, <laughs> gosh, we get, we're already at like an hour for this episode, yeah. but we are going to talk about Andor. Um, we had a little bit less to talk about with this, I feel like. I, um, yeah, for sure. So we'll we'll go ahead and, and kind of zoom through Andor for the last part of this episode. But 
Andor, Star Wars Andor dropped on Disney Plus. They dropped three um, episodes last week and then uh, a, th- a fourth episode this week. But um, talking about Cassian Andor, uh, who was in Rogue One, um, the latest, well, I shouldn't say the latest. It's been a while now since Rogue One uh, came out. But one of the later, uh, newer Disney, that was Disney. Yeah, that was Disney at the time when uh, Rogue One came out. But I think, honestly, a lot of people really, really liked Rogue One. Um, it's We kind came of un- in with the lowest exit. Like, I don't know how you were, but I think oh, everybody yeah. came in with like, a, do we need this? Or or, right. or not? maybe not even that, but like to some effect of like, what does this have to do with anything? And right. I don't know a single person who walked out of that experience upset. Like it is still exactly top Star Wars movies of all time. Yeah, I I'm on the same boat as I was like, why do we need this? Like, what what is important about this? But walking out of that, I mean, incredible. A lot of a lot of Star Wars fans um, regard that in their like top three or four, you know, Star Wars movies. Like, so it is very popular even among the Star Wars community, which is pretty incredible that's hard to do star wars community yeah. is pretty <laughs> the brutal most toxic wasteland of fandom yeah <laughs> yeah so <clears throat> Andor, prequel series to star wars rogue one in an era filled with danger deception and intrigue cassian will embark on the path that is destined to turn him into a rebel hero um so yeah this is set like five years before rogue one happens um diego luna is playing cassian Andor, and he has done a fantastic job um, we've got four episodes, um, like I said, three episodes dropped on day one, and then we've got this uh, latest episode this week. Um, so basically, Cassie and Andor is this kind of like, I don't know, thief, rogue kind of character, and he's kind of just making a living for himself um, at this yeah. point. And even in this latest episode, he basically says, like, um, I just want to live. Uh, like that's all he's really he doesn't survival really want to commit he cares yeah about, survive yeah. Uh, he doesn't really want to commit to a cause he just wants to live his life is is kind of what it comes down to so he gets uh recruited by stellan skarsgård playing luthan rail oh rail? my gosh rail? I, dude the skarsgårds are Bruh, on fire yeah they cannot he is, stop he is phenomenal like uh-huh. i i when he showed up and i think we saw a clip of him um before the series dropped right but when he showed up in this series i was like yes yes absolutely yes, yes. <laughs> please love love that he's in this and man just just so far Everything that I've seen with the casting, they've been spot on. Um, like, so Cassie and Andor basically is trying to make a living and he gets recruited by Luthen Rail. Rail, I don't know if I'm saying that right. So basically, this latest episode, just to kind of get caught up, is Cassian. Um, he gets dropped into this covert operation to hijack um, a basically a quarterly. Uh, payroll of the em- empire which right. is like kind of bonkers because as we see there's only like seven of them that are in on this yeah um so it's like on a remote planet there's somewhat low security um because they know that nobody would do this they're like basically and they've mentioned this several times throughout the first four episodes the empire is like pretty proud of themselves at this point like they don't think anybody is even capable 
of standing up to them. So they're like getting pretty loosey really goosey, probably yeah. extending themselves a little bit too much. <clears throat> and then Cass, Cassie and Andor comes in. He um, he had that um, piece, imperial like piece of uh, equipment that was really highly regarded. <clears throat> that uh, that star kind of whatever it was star called, yeah. capsule something or other. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, but like people were kind of like, oh, how did you get that? Like that's a pretty big deal that you have that. Um, and so like they basically. And, and he's asking a lot of questions um, on, on this planet that he's on. Uh, he ends up killing those two cops or security guards or whatever they are in episode one. And so the security crew comes out to track him down. And Cassian and Luthen basically wreck this security crew. Yeah. Which is pretty fun. Pretty fun to watch. Um, it's like, and this isn't even like empire at this point. Like this is a, a private, like security, um, crew that is like apparently overseeing, uh, this planet that he, that he went to. Um, and then the empire starts kind of sticking their fingers in and taking over. That's it's such a four, wild so. leap to do that where it was like, I, I that was the my, I don't want to get too nitpicky, but that was one of the things where it was like um, it'd be like if I went and robbed Walmart, you know what I mean? Like I pickpocketed yeah. at Walmart and that Walmart guard was like, I'm going to that dude's house. <laughs> like, yeah. You know right. I mean? yeah, no, totally. It totally is like that. And the uh, the main security guy or whatever, uh, Cyril, Cyril Karn, he's like. Oh man, I gotta go track this guy down. Biggest tea bag ever. It's biggest tea bag ever, exactly. And he's totally full of himself. Like yeah. his his boss is like, dude, just drop it. Leave don't it don't get involved. This is like, yeah, I mean, it sucks that two of our guys died, but you're not gonna get anywhere with this. And he didn't get anywhere right. with that <laughs> and more. Like he literally got his whole crew killed or super in trouble with the empire. Yeah, by the end of it. So, man, but I mean, the way that Cassian handled that was really cool. Like, I, I love how and it's it's a little bit of Luthen as well. Like he seems to have a lot of like savvy and streets smarts, but they come up and <laughs> Cyril, we see this guy just like hiding in this house because he's a total coward. Like he right. doesn't want to be a part of the confrontation at all. And Cassian comes up and just like you hear the gun click right by his head. Gosh, that and was cool. The dude just like pees his pants like, <laughs> right away. Like he's so scared. He's like already sweating and yeah. stuff like that. I was like, oh my gosh, this is fantastic. But I love it. I've heard I've heard a decent amount of critics criticism in this show, mainly being that it's pretty slow moving so far yeah um and i i don't disagree um to a point but i think this goes to the point that you were making earlier jared is that like especially in a star wars series like man we're waiting for the mandalorian to like show up and blow something up you know like we're yeah. we're just we want something to happen like right now and this is a different this is a different type of star wars story like we're i don't think we're going to get a ton of action in this series maybe not at all i don't know like it's it seems like a more covert like spy um type operation that we're gonna 
that we're going to get into. So um, what do you what do you think of this show so far? Um, what are your thoughts on kind of the reception um, within the, the first four episodes drop in? Um, I, I think the I, I understand where people are coming from with the too slow um, episodes one, two and four are very like setting up to something. Right. And the thing that frustrated me because uh, I was I was like, you know, I we shouldn't complain. And when I was watching one and two, I was like, OK, they're really building up something cool here, especially with his relationship to what is the gal's name? Biz or whatever. <clears throat> yeah, right. Something like that. Um, and and they, they were kind of doing Bix, this thing where Bix, yeah. Bix, where her boyfriend was, you know, did this betrayal <laughs> thing. And then the payoff for that was like she gets her head beat against the wall. And Bix, who's like the biggest or the, her boyfriend, who's like the biggest D-bag ever, <laughs> like charges a bunch of people who have guns on him <laughs> and then so just weird. dies. And I'm <laughs> like, dies. what were the first two episodes for in this like relationship that you've built? Because that was yeah. the dumbest thing. I've ever that was seen. a weird payoff for sure. Um, so I don't know, man. I'm like episode three was a ride and I had a lot of fun with that. Yeah. Um, the first two episodes. I, I was there for just because I was like, okay, clearly they're making something happen. I think that's important. The payoff of that sucked. Yeah. Um, the episode four, I enjoyed a little more than the first two, um, mainly just because Mr. Skarsgård did his were acted his yeah, heart out. For him real, playing dude. like the antiquities dealer and seeing like that different yeah. sort because of, he always plays these serious roles mm -hmm. and him playing like this like oh yeah I have this. super happy. I was <laughs> and then like he just in a moment wow. flips yeah. to like the underground dude yeah. talking about oh, like you know rebel se secret rebel oh. stuff was just like it was so wow. good. That was awesome. Um, the the him like meeting the crew and then being distrusting of him is like very stereotypy. The thing that I don't like, and I hate Max for planting this in my brain because I can never escape it now. <coughs> Max always talks about like the Disney formula with these TV series and looking at like how they keep flashing back to uh, Cassian's backstory with like him on the planet. And then, mm -hmm. you know, they kill the guard and he gets kidnapped or whatever is so formulaically like they they sort of did this with um they really really did this with mandalorian like this is the mandalorian backstory all over again right. and then they sort of did this as well in book of boba fett where they kept jumping back to like and yeah. the payoff isn't there for me like i you could have showed me not told me i don't need this all played out right. just have like brief mentions that to, to me the flashbacks are doing ze absolutely zero for me yeah yeah i i i see where you're coming from I think they've been uh, minimal enough to where they haven't detracted from the story for me. The, I mean, you mentioned Book of Boba Fett. That was the one that I was upset was about yeah. because they were going somewhere with that. Those flashbacks, like they had a whole freaking storyline with his flashbacks, and all of a sudden they were just like, um, yeah, now we're gonna focus on what's here going on here and now. Yeah, and it was just like. Okay, like, why did we spend what were you all doing that this time? For? Like, I don't understand. Like, there was, there was a clear, and I think there's something to, um, so they've been doing this with Mandalorian as well, and you can't see it quite as much um, in that show, but like with Mandalorian and with 
um, Book of Boba Fett, they've got different directors for almost every episode. And yeah. with Book of Boba Fett, it showed like really badly. Like the first three, two, three episodes of Book of Boba Fett were a whole different vibe than the last three or four. Like just totally different, seemed like totally different shows. Um, and that's not always a bad thing, but you got to wrap it together somehow. And they just didn't do a good job of that in Book of Boba Fett. Um, I don't think it's a travesty in Andor so far. If they keep going with it um, and they keep, you know, spending more time on it, I think it'll keep, you know, getting to that point with me. But I think it was helpful in explaining a tiny bit of his backstory if if they honestly if they drop it right now and we don't get any more, I'm fine with that. Like I don't need any more. But if the what we have had, I think is minimal enough that it didn't for me detract too much from the story. But I think at the same time, like it's been moving slow enough to where those flashbacks were a little bit of a like kind of a refreshing like. Oh hey, okay. Now we're we're seeing something different rather than just like kind of slow moving dialogue and story building aspects. So I, I I'm I see where their purpose is. Um, I can't say that I'm like a hundred percent like all in on them, uh, yeah. but I think they serve their purpose, and hopefully they don't dwell on them too much in the future. Uh, but yeah, I, I think uh, like you said. Like Skarsgård's got to be one of my highlights so far over the net, over the first four episodes. Like this dude just like he steals the scene anytime he's on he's on screen. Like he he is just really fun to watch. And Diego Luna has been doing a fantastic job as well. Oh, for sure. Um, I think he's there. I think he's a great great choice for Cassie Andor, and he's somebody who potentially could carry a show. I think so. So we'll find that out over the next. Uh, how many how many episodes are in this first season here? Uh, twelve. Is that right? I feel like that's too many. Is it that many? That'll be interesting because uh, I I might be like way off. How many? Okay, let's see. No, you're right. It is twelve. It is twelve. Okay. <clears throat> yep. I thought I had heard that, but I wasn't sure, and I was like, I think I like that. I like that. Yeah. I like that they're extending that because we've gotten a lot of these really short seasons. Um. I think Mandalorian, we were right around there, right? Like 12, 13, 14, that feels right. something in there. Um, but Book of Boba Fett, I think, was only seven. All of these yeah. Marvel shows, you know, have been six. Um, so, yeah, I, I like that it's 12 episodes. And these episodes are decent length, too. They're like 40, 40 plus minutes. For sure. So I'm, I, I think they're doing a good job developing the story. We're still not seeing a whole lot of payoff yet. And I think that's okay. Um I, I can't wait to see what's going to happen. I personally and pers- personally and for sure really <laughs> loving the vibe of this show. It yeah. feels it feels almost like more sci fi than Star Wars. Yeah. Like I haven't gotten a full blown Star like Wars. A Blade like, Runner-esque. Right. Like, yeah. yeah. It definitely feels a little different than your typical and and darker, not to mention, too, like for oof, sure. Absolutely. I I definitely have been feeling like this is serious. I mean, the series um, opens with him straight up murdering. Two just straight people. up murdering dudes. So, yeah, like he goes, I know. He it, goes to a strip club and murders two people in the first right. five minutes. Well, and like so it's Star Wars, right? Like, yeah, you're you're and he's the main character 
of this series, all of our Star Wars main characters, sure, they've been like conflicted about right. stuff they're doing, but they're all generally protagonists, like good like people. Good yeah. people. Right. So Cassian, first episode when the first 10 minutes of the show gets apprehended or whatever and he puts his arms up and you're thinking like oh yeah he's probably gonna run away and like get on a ship and no he he like chucks this guy kills him and then when you've got he's got the gun to the other guy's head and he's begging for his life and like yeah he's begging for his life i was like thinking like oh he's gonna probably do something to like just yeah knock him out like run away whatever no just shoots him just shoots him in the head just dead He's like, oh, okay, that's how we're gonna play this thing. <laughs> so my boys, <laughs> my boys love Obi Wan. Eli tells me all the time. He's like, can we watch Obi Kenobi? Um, <laughs> and so I was like, well, maybe Cassian or maybe Andor would be like one that they would watch. And again, oh, no. in the first five minutes, this <laughs> oh, dude no. goes to a strip club and then murders two people. Luckily, they did not watch that part with me <laughs> Good. Uh, or any yeah. of this so far. But actually, I, I had a maybe, similar experience. So I started yeah. watching it on the family TV. And generally, I just watch my shows by myself because my wife doesn't usually have much sure. interest in, in watching like my nerd shows with me. So <clears throat> started watching on the family TV. Just everybody was home and we were just hanging out. And like, yeah, like you said, within the first five minutes, this all goes down. And I paused. So my wife kind of gave me the side eye because it was like looking dark and stuff like that. And I paused it literally as he's pointing the gun at the guy's head and i was like yeah i probably should watch this by myself later yeah i started up again like whatever whenever i got around to it later he shoots the guy and i was like oh okay it's a great thing i paused it right there (laughs) i did not think he was gonna shoot the guy i literally was thinking like oh yeah he'll let him go or whatever you know yeah but yeah it's definitely got a darker tone it's not your your joke cracking funny star wars show and and you know like mandalorian was serious but like there's a definite Lee still kind of your Star Wars like comedy uh, yeah. scattered throughout Mandalorian as well. <laughs> but man, yeah, this is this is going to be a different vibe of the show. Sure. And I'm I'm excited for that. So, um, yeah, man, any other um, quick notes on Andor before we kind of close out the episode here? I just hope that it keeps building like towards something good. I think right. I can I can forgive the slowness if you continue to have episodes like episode three. I thought episode three was really good. And I think mm-hmm. the more of that you have, like, throughout this, the better. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. All right. What do you rate it uh, through four episodes so far? I'm going to go four out of six with the hope that, like, it'll it'll get better. Um, mm. I don't hate it. I still think it's a good series. And I think Star Wars fans should be watching this. But um, it is hard to, like, go from Rings of Power to this. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a kind of a jarring shift. So right. four out of six. For me. I'm with you. Um, I think I will give it a five out of six. Um, I think production is has been really good. Sure, I absolutely. really like the casting. Um, I'm really invested in the story. I definitely is slower uh, building and I think it's got potential to climb up on the score for me. Um, but honestly, like watching these first four episodes i'm not it's nothing mind-blowing it's nothing like oh this is the best star wars we had since something else like i'm i'm not thinking any of that in my head 
I think it'll Can be I fun. Say, I want to add this into your thing because I was just thinking sure. about this as you talked about like production value. Mm -hmm. You made a point to say that like this feels more sci-fi than Star Wars. Mm -hmm. We haven't like we've seen like really two major characters, not even two. We've seen one major character that was an alien. Everybody is human in this. Yeah, and I thought that was kind yeah. of odd. That is kind of interesting. And I think they have been primarily on uh, the one planet. What is it? Ferrix? Yeah. So, I mean, maybe Ferrix is just a human planet. And that's why we haven't seen a whole lot of other alien races yet. Right. Um, and we are we have been kind of dabbling in Coruscant now right. with like the political side of things. So I'm sure we'll get more. But yeah, that is that's an interesting note. Didn't even really notice that. But yeah, it definitely feels more less Star Warsy and more sci-fi. Sure. It feels Blade Runner adjacent to me. I think that's the best way to put it, which is fine. Like yeah. Blade Runner is super hot right now. Everybody's going nuts over the anime, but yeah. it's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm excited to see more though. So it'll be it'll be fun. And I think Andor will be going continuing to go after a lot of these other shows that we're doing are or reviewing are over so For we'll sure. probably so be diving a little bit deeper and you know and a lot of these other shows too like we're getting to the finales i mean this is only through four episodes of 12 episode season so we got we got a lot of ways to go um this building might continue through right you know those first half i hope the they season, bring in so. halflings just to make mark upset <laughs> so i hope by the end of this hope there's a bunch of foots randomly <laughs> showing up with with a, a big dude like pushing their cart behind them. Yeah. Gosh, <laughs> that would be that. hilarious and sorry to mark in advance he's gonna he's gonna hate Andor after that happens <clears throat> anyways hey how, how much you want to bet he's listening to this right now in his where he's at and he just threw his oh, phone yeah. across the room <laughs> he's just so upset right now <laughs> Let us know what you guys thought of Andor or what you guys thought of Rings of Power. Um, let us know what you guys are, are expecting from the rest of these uh, seasons. Um, you can let us know on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, TikTok, YouTube, uh, all the things. Uh, you can email us at infinitybrospodcast at gmail.com or you can head to theinfinitybros.com. Um, you can leave us a message there and you can get hooked up with all of our uh podcast avenues and all the other things we're doing you can check out the daily snap for some new reviews and and uh um a quick uh my last thing that i did on the daily snap was a quick uh, review and um blurb on avatar the last airbender which i finally got done watching so um That's wild fantastic show by the way six out of six i'm I'm like, that's one show that I was like mad at myself that I didn't watch earlier. I was like, wow, this is like possibly the best animated show of all time. And I totally slept on that for my whole life. So, yeah, I definitely go check all that stuff out. Thank you so much, Jared, for hanging out with us. It's Absolutely. Been, Glad to time. be here. All righty. And thank you, Infinity Bros Universe, for making us a part of your podcast experience. Um we will catch you on the next episode of the Infinity Bros Podcast. Love you, 3000. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Infinity Bros Podcast. You can find the Infinity Bros on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the Infinity Bros. Feel free to send listener feedback via email at infinitybrospodcast at gmail.com.